When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Hey, good day, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. You can reach me at Murph's underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 17 today. Today is Wednesday. Today is hump day. Uh, If you observe Ash Wednesday, happy Ash Wednesday. If not, disregard those wishes I just sent out. However, today is Wednesday being hump day. Hopefully, you're having an excellent week thus far. Hopefully, this podcast can help you get through the rest of your week as we look ahead to a hopefully a wonderful weekend with no inclement weather. However, let's just dive right in. It's been a couple episodes since I've done this, but we do have a major, major topic of discussion for today's quick hits and that is going to be um what draymond green said about the nba um team's ownership about them trading players and quite frankly whether regardless if you like the player or don't like him as a player you have to admit that he does have a good point and i will counter that point after i do play the video for you but i do want to fill you in on what he said after a game on Monday, I believe it was. Yes, Monday. And it revolves around the news of the Cleveland Cavaliers benching uh, center Andre Drummond in efforts to trade him. And they're going to sit him. 
and until they find a trade suitor for him. So hopefully he doesn't get any injuries, he doesn't get fatigued or whatever, dinged up. And he doesn't mention in this video, but the Detroit Pistons are going to be doing the same thing with Blake Griffin. However, without further ado, here is Draymond Green about the matter. To watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline and go to the back and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bull because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for one to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer. And he's not good in someone's locker room. And he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh, my mental health is off, everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night and most importantly, to help your team win. Do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally. But as players, we're told to, ah, oh, no, you can't say that, you can't say this, but teams can. It goes along the same lines of when, when everyone wants to say, oh, man, that young guy can't figure it out. But no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. At some point, the players must be respected in these situations, and it's ridiculous, and I'm sick of seeing it. Y'all have a great night. I'll see y'all tomorrow or on Wednesday. A lot of things I do agree with him. I do agree with that the team should be held accountable and they should be respecting the players. I also agree with that um, it is unprofessional to ask of the players to quote unquote stay in shape, stay healthy, be professional when the team on the other hand is not giving that player an opportunity to quote unquote stay in shape or to be professional in terms of being an athlete. Uh, they are athletes at the end of the day. They are human beings at the end of the day. And I think one way for them to, quote unquote, stay in shape is to play and is to um, 
you know, kind of focus on their career. And I think, you know, if they play that they can potentially make their trade value higher, but on the other hand, they can make it lower or they can completely disintegrate it if they get injured. So I do understand both sides of this. However, one thing I want to point out with um, Draymond Green is that players need to be respected by the teams and ownership. Yes, I agree. However, on the flip side of things, when players ask for trades, nine times out of 10, they get that trade. Now, it is the team's decision whether or not to trade you. James Harden wanted out of Houston. He got out of Houston. Um, Kyrie Irving wanted out of Cleveland. He got out of Cleveland. Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans. He got out of New Orleans. And there's ample situations and ample examples of such a thing happening. The NBA is a player's league. The players own that league, and that is a fact. That's why I'm afraid that football is going in that same direction where you see Deshaun Watson asking for a trade, Matthew Stafford asking for a trade. Stafford did get traded, but I think it was beneficial for uh, Detroit to trade him. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Will that benefit Houston? Absolutely not. And I don't think that they should listen to that trade request because that would only set them back even further regardless on the return that they get. However, going back to basketball, players, yes, need to be respected. Ownership needs to be respected as well. It goes both ways in this situation. I think Draymond Green brings up many points, and he deserves to be um, accommodated for those points and to be respected for those points. However, it goes both ways as well, and a player can't just randomly ask for a trade and get one when he wants it. We've seen that ample times. Like I said, Kyrie Irving, um, James Harden, Anthony Davis, they've all gotten those trades, and they're all superstar cornerstone franchise players, and they really shouldn't be traded. They really shouldn't be traded. Uh, you look at Paul George, he even got traded on, on a whim because uh, Kawhi Leonard wanted him out in uh, Los Angeles. There was no reason for the Thunder to trade him. They just re-signed him the, the year before. Him, Russell, they were building something good in um, OKC. Obviously, it, it disintegrated, and OKC completely went, went with a different direction. But that just shows how much power the players have. And I understand Draymond Green wanting respect from the owners. However, the players, in another essence, needs to needs to respect ownership and their team as well. So that's all I'm going to really touch about this. Um, there's going to be a lot of movement come this trade deadline for the NBA. Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, both probably going to be moved. Um, other players as well going to be on the chopping block. Hopefully the Celtics make some moves because they need it as well. And that is going to segue me into my first topic of discussion, which is the Boston Celtics win over the Denver Nuggets last night at home, 112 to 99. The Celtics played relatively well. Um, they played uh, against a very good Denver Nuggets team, as we know. They are now 15 and 12, but going uh, into the game, they were 15 and 11. You get 21 points from Tatum. You get 27 from Brown, 17 from Kemba Walker. That's really it for the highlighting of the scoring. Everyone else was kind of muddled in the middle there. You know, 8 from Ogilvy, 9 from Thompson, 9 from Neesmith, 8 from uh, Pritchard, 8 from Williams, and 5 from uh, Javante Green. You're still missing that one that one piece, right? You're still missing that one, one more player. And it's nice to see Kemba Walker being the third man. He's admitted it that it's not his team. It's Tatum and Brown's team. And the way things are going, it kind of look like it's Jalen Brown's team. I know that's kind of a stretch, and it's not true. But, you know, Jalen Brown did say that he's kind of feeling some COVID side effects still from when he had COVID uh, last month in January. 
Could that be a factor why he's playing not as well? Could it be a reason why the Celtics aren't playing as well? Absolutely. However, we need to we need to take all precautions. And if he's not feeling 100%, then he should be um, sitting in a professional, respectful manner, of course, due to an injury and not because he just wants out of Boston. LOL. But it is good to see that the Celtics were able to dance with a contender in the, um, in the Western Conference and win. And it wasn't just like they won off the scrape of their uh, the scrape of their teeth. They beat um they beat them in the first quarter by four points, the second quarter by one point, six points in the third quarter, and then two points in the fourth quarter. So those little marginal wins in each quarter adds up to a thirteen point win. Now that's very good to see, very nice. However, let's look at the Nuggets stat line real quick in this game. They have a similar problem as the Celtics, where they're only getting scoring from a couple players. Uh, they got 43 from Jokic, they got 25 from Jamal Murray, and they got 15 from Campazo. That's not going to be good enough. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was a um, at one time a top-tier prospect a couple of drafts ago. He did get injured, so he fell in the draft a little bit to the Nuggets late in the lottery, if I remember correctly, and he puts up zero points in 24 minutes. That's a problem that the Nuggets are going to have to address, and if you're a Nuggets fan, you're a little pissed off about that. But you can take that same mentality and apply it to like Aaron Neesmith or something like that. Obviously, he's not going to drop 27 points night in and night out. But at least, you know, you can put up like 10 points, 12 points or whatever and be consistent about it. But Neesmith hasn't been consistent at all for the Celtics. And it was good to see him put up uh, nine points in 24 minutes alongside with four rebounds. Hopefully, he can get more minutes and hopefully he can turn into a player that the Celtics need and the Celtics want him to turn into. Pritchard, again, 8.7 rebounds in 23 minutes. I think he is exactly what you need off the bench as a backup point guard to run that second unit uh, looking over the nuggets again 43 points from Nikola Jokic it's a one-man show over there for one game yes um, not all the times but you can't have the, uh, success when you're just relying on 43 points or a big game from one player and I think the Celtics are starting to trend in that direction whether it's with Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, um, both of them scoring in the 20s, Kemba Walker at 17 again. So it is not just a one-man show in Boston right now. However, it easily could be if things get out of hand, and that is something that I fear for the Celtics, and I think you should fear as a Celtics fan as well, is that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have to carry this team as we move forward and forward into the season, whether they're both scoring 30 points, one gets 40, one gets 30, whatever. It's just not going to be healthy for this team, and they're going to need more help, and hopefully that is where Kemba can kind of start cooking. But I just don't see it being possible because I think Kemba Walker is probably capped out around upper teens per game in terms of points. Like I said, the Celtics do need one more piece. Uh, hopefully that piece is in Marcus Smart when he comes back. Hopefully when he comes back from his injury, it's not a quote-unquote, oh, you're acquiring a new player. Because a few years ago, when the Celtics had Avery Bradley still, he was out for a while, and then he came back from injury like right after the trade deadline. And Danny Ainge was like, oh, we just like kind of acquired a player for free, in a way, coming back from injury. And at that time, I think that was Bradley's last season with the Celtics. He was very good, a top-tier defender. Uh, and then he was really starting to turn into a shooter, like a mid-range and a three-point shooter. I hope that's not the Celtics' mentality this time around. They have a trade exception from losing Gordon Hayward in free agency at like 17 or 18 million or so, something like that. Use it. Please, please use it. Um, I don't want to keep talking about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, those three, and how one is ex excelling and then how one is you know not excelling. Usually it's Kemba. 
regardless if Kemba can turn it on and start to score 20 points a game and, you know, get some, like, assists up there. But either way, Celtics still need another player. This was a nice win, and I mentioned on Monday that they need to win five out of the next eight games, and this is one. So hopefully, and this is a game that I said that I didn't think they were going to win, so it's nice to see them win. Maybe they can go on a nice little stretch, win six out of the next eight. It would certainly be interesting to see, and I'm very excited to see what the Celtics can do when the pressure is on. They are now 14-13, and 13, leaving yesterday's game. Very exciting. Um, they are fourth in the Eastern Conference. They are half a game up on the Pacers, who are 14-14. 14 and 14. However, the Knicks, they're a sixth seed. They're 14-15, and 15, but four and a half games back behind first place. But that's only one game behind the Boston Celtics. So the Knicks are right in there. And I know at the beginning of the season, I trashed the Knicks a lot, saying they weren't going to be a good playoff team. But they're looking really, really good. They're young. They're hungry. They got a good thing going on down in New York. They could cause problems. They could. Whether it's this year or next year, that Knicks team has turned it around and they could become a problem down the line. So keep an eye out for that. I know um, my friend Evan from New York is going to love to hear me say that. But nonetheless, let's just segue into my next topic of discussion. This is something that I wanted to address earlier on Monday. However, I didn't have enough time. So I figured I'd save it in case anything else was to drop in reference to this topic, and that is Matthew Stafford and the Patriots. Oh, excuse me. Needed a little water. A little bit of water. All right, so uh, Matt Doloff from 985thesportshub.com reported uh, an article about Matthew Stafford and his potential suitor of the New England Patriots when Stafford was on the trading block from the Detroit Lions. As we know, he eventually went and got traded to the Los Angeles Rams. However, I think what was reported in this article is very, very interesting. So, uh, Doloff writes, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford lent credence, a credence excuse me, to a recent report that he did not want to get traded to the Patriots. Stafford himself admitted in an interview without naming names that he had a list of clubs he preferred to avoid because his goal is to go win um, a Super Bowl. Remember a few episodes ago, a couple weeks ago, I had a list, a rumored list of landing spots for Matthew Stafford, and your New England Patriots weren't on that list. Comes to fruition that that was true. Uh, Doloff continues to write, The Rams roster is certainly closer to a, quote, quarterback away from a Super Bowl, end quote, than the Patriots are. So Stafford got his wish. He arrives to a team with an elite head coach and defense and a solid stable of weapons led by receivers Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. New England has the elite coach, but the weapons and defense question mark? At the best, they're in flux. The Patriots may be a quarterback away from vaulting right back into contention for the AFC East in a playoff spot, but there's a lot more work to get done to get back to a legitimate Super Bowl contention. So Bill Belichick and the Patriots couldn't have possibly been on Stafford's list. I asked to go, um, this is Stafford, quote, I asked to go to a team that was ready to win a championship, end quote. Stafford told the Detroit Free Press, and he continues to say, and you know, there were a few teams on that list, there were a few teams that were not on that list, and they were respectful of that and understood completely. I had thoughts and reasons for each one of them, end quote. The Patriots are far from alone. There were a few teams to begin with who are close to a championship contention but missing a franchise quarterback. The Rams had to move Jared Goff to the, um, the, Rams had to, move Jared Goff to the Lions to even make room for Stafford. So that is the report and rumor about why 
your New England Patriots were not on Matthew Stafford's trade rumored at the time trade list. However, it now turns out that it was a true list. Um, what does that say about you? Well, I think everything that was in that article is true. You have the head coach. Yes. Uh, do you have the defense? Um, two years ago, you did. Um, I know a lot of the players were out for COVID, but they're coming back this year, which is nice. However, a year off could be a little bit of growing pains. A year older could be, you know, a little bit sluggish. So the defense is going to have to be kind of a wait and see situation. But let's just say they turn out to play respectable top 12 defense. Your offense, though. Your offense is not there by any means. Uh, Damian Harris had a spectacular uh, season, um, really coming out and really playing well, kind of like the running back that Sony Michelle was supposed to be as a first-round draft pick, right? Then you have James White, who's still one of the best um, pass-catching running backs in the league. He had a down season, but I wouldn't really claim that it's his fault based off a of quarterback play. Uh, you got no tight ends. You got no wide receivers besides a ding-dub Julian Edelman, a looking-like-a-bust-at-first-round wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, and a undrafted um, wide receiver in Jacoby Myers, who, yes, did have a very nice season, but do you really want to rely on Jacoby Myers as a top threat weapon for your offense? I don't really think so. Your offensive line was pretty good this past year with uh, Tooney, Andrews, um, he was in and out of the lineup, but he was mainly there for most of the season with the exception of a little uh, thumb surgery, I believe it was, early in the season. Um, you got Shaq Mason. You have um, Owenu, who was a rookie, who was very good at right tackle and on left tackle um, parts of the season. Isaiah Wynn, he played a lot better this year than he did his rookie season, but I think he's still waiting to see, to see kind of what kind of player, what kind of tackle he turns into be. So overall, I think your offensive line is is pretty solid. It's just your outside-the-numbers weapons that you need to focus on. And if you're looking at it from Matthew Stafford's perspective, who are you going to take, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? Or are you going to take a 35-year-old dinged-up Julian Edelman, Jacoby Myers? Me, I'm probably going to take uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, my personal opinion. They also have... Um, Tyler Higby as well while you have Ryan Izzo I I mean I know who it is but I mean come on like you, Ryan Izzo is going to be a, a selling piece no so all that combined I completely understand why the Patriots weren't on Stafford's list and any other quarterbacks that potentially become free agents may not be on um, their list of preferred teams for those same reasons as well because there's a uh, the Colts need a quarterback as well, but they have a lot more weapons and a lot more going on for them as they were just in the playoffs. They played very well towards the end of the season. Um, they played well throughout the, the whole season pretty much, but they still need a quarterback with Phillip Rivers retiring. But if you're a free agent quarterback, who are you going to go to, the Colts or the Patriots? I bet you picked the Colts. With all those facts on the table, how does that make you as a Patriots fan feel to be overlooked by the Colts, to be overlooked by the Rams, to be overlooked by potentially even the Jets. That's where Deshaun Watson rumored wants to go is to the freaking New York Jets, and then they suck more than you. That goes back to the point that I made a couple weeks ago of how Tom Brady was the appeal for New England for veterans and for you know aging superstars who want to compete for a Super Bowl championship. Randy Moss, Adelius Thomas, um, Darrell Revis, Corey Dillon, 
um, Tom Brady was the reason why you brought you were able to bring in those kind of players, not Bill Belichick. Is Belichick a great coach? Yes. Is he the greatest coach of all time? Yes. However, he is not a player's coach. Players probably don't like to play for him, for him, but players sucked it up because they had the chance to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And now with Tom Brady gone in Tampa Bay, it's not really an option anymore as it stands right now unless major moves happen. And I really don't think major moves are going to happen, uh, at least not this year, even though they drastically need to. Um, oh, there goes my stomach. It's growling because it's hungry, but... Those are just my thoughts about it. I want to hear your thoughts about it. How does that make you feel as a Patriots fan? Are you pissed off? Are you sad, upset, mad, infuriated, aggravated about that? You could have had Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford probably would have jumped you right back into playoff contention. Absolutely, because you have a quarterback. But you weren't on his list because you suck. You suck. Your roster, your offense at least, sucks. Your defense next year is going to be a question mark because you have veterans coming back from the COVID um, uh, COVID exception, whatever you want to call it. But they're going to take a little bit to get back into it. And like I said, they're going to be older. They're going to have some rust and fatigue that they'll have to brush off. But like I said, say they, they play well. That offense doesn't look good and moves need to be made. I hear rumors of Hunter Henry, Curtis Samuel, nice players, nice additions. But is that going to help at the end of the day? Potentially, um, it's not going to put you back in Super Bowl contention, and that's what Matthew Stafford was looking for. And if you want to get any veteran quarterback who hasn't won, which is a lot of players, <laughs> a lot of veteran quarterbacks haven't won a Super Bowl, you're not going to get them. You're not going to get them. And it's for this reason that Matthew Stafford said is because the Rams were closer to a Super Bowl than you are, and that's just how it is. And a lot of teams are closer to a Super Bowl. Um, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of teams who are closer to a Super Bowl than you are. Um, Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Colts, Titans. Uh, let's see, NFC. You got the Vikings. You got the uh, Seahawks. You got the Panthers. Oh, no, not the Panthers. I mean, the Falcons kind of sucked, but they got the pieces. They got the offensive pieces. They have a quarterback. They got two stud wide receivers. Their defense, a little bit in limbo, but if they can get a couple pieces, they might back in contention right there. But the Falcons could also move on from Matt Ryan. So if I'm a quarterback and I'm looking, I'm like, hmm, throwing to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley would be kind of sexy. It would kind of be nice. So these are things that these quarterbacks who could potentially be on the move, whether they're um, released by their team and now are free agents or are... um, working with the team to find a suitable trade partner. So these are all factors that the Patriots need to consider from, you know, outside of their organization, looking in on their organization. And right now looking in isn't pretty. It's not pretty. Not a lot is going on in New England. And that is so infuriating because you're used to being in the Super Bowl or at least in the final four playing in the conference championship game. And the past couple of years have been very sour um, losing in the wild card game last year to the Titans, and then obviously not even making the playoffs this past year. So, it is a big offseason for Bill Belichick. It really is because I think he's a great coach. I really do. But his GM skills are much, much in question. And I think that's going to be a conversation for another day 
because as much as the coach, as much as he is a great coach, I think his GM skills are poor and have been poor for a few years now. And I think it's something to discuss about and bring into question. However, I'm going to leave that as a little cliffhanger for next episode. Um, if you haven't already, reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Murphs underscore Boston ST. I want to hear your thoughts about today's podcast, um, whether it was about the Draymond Green um, interview, whether it was about the Boston Celtics win or about this Matthew Stafford report that dropped why he didn't want to go to the Patriots for pretty much saying that they suck. Um, if you're on YouTube, comment down below. I'd love to hear your comments. I would love to read them and engage with you there. Also on Twitter, on Instagram, like I previously said. However, if you are watching it on YouTube and you haven't already, but you did enjoy the content, definitely consider leaving it a like. If you're new to the channel and haven't subscribed, or if you're uh, not new to the channel, but haven't subscribed, definitely consider subscribing so you can stay up to date with all my podcast drops and my YouTube exclusive videos, which are very exciting, very fun and entertaining. If you just listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever, definitely consider looking at my uh, YouTube channel for some fun, entertaining content over there. Because like I said, not only are the podcasts on YouTube, but those YouTube exclusive videos that only they are on YouTube. So with all that being said, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, the rest of your hump day. And I will catch you in the next one. But until then, as always, I will see you later. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator